Catch a movie this summer at the Alamo Drafthouse. This week's screenings include Shrek Kids Camp continues at 10 a.m. this Thursday and Friday, June 13th and 14th. The Lorax Kids Camp runs next Monday, June 17th through Friday, June 21st at 10 a.m. This Thursday, June the 13th, the Alamo Drafthouse hosts a late-night champagne party at 7.20 p.m. Pride Week at the Alamo Drafthouse kicks off next Tuesday, June 18th with But I'm a Cheerleader at 6.40 p.m., Continues on Wednesday, June the 19th with Priscilla, Queen of the Desert at 6.40 p.m. And wraps up on Thursday, June 20th with this month's film club screening of Wild Nights with Emily at 6.20 p.m. All that plus this weekend's new releases, live music, trivia nights, and more. Find showtimes and purchase tickets online at drafthouse.com springfield and find all the special events at the Alamo Drafthouse on Facebook by searching Alamo Springmo and clicking on the events page. Welcome to the Backlot by Alamo Drafthouse for Thursday, June the 13th. We are coming to you, as always, from the Alamo Drafthouse here in Springfield, Missouri. I am one of your hosts, Joey Mills with ComingSoon.net. And joining me today in the room we have... David Mann with the Alamo Drafthouse. And up with MoPops417 on Instagram. And Jen is on vacation this week. We hope she's having a, a nice week off this nice mid-fall day that we have today. Hopefully she's somewhere where it's a little warmer and drier than it is here and if not i hope she's just having fun there you go uh so it's been a week what's everybody been up to oh you know not a whole lot right now i'm uh uh treading water while jen's gone i'm charged (laughs) holding down the fort yeah i'm holding down the fort i'm doing my best that's Uh, great because the doors were unlocked this morning and (laughs) everything's open for business so i don't run a tight ship (laughs) clearly Uh, yeah it's been you know i'm doing my best trying to keep up Jen does a great job, so, you know, if I can do passable, that'll be nice. It's a good <laughs> test run. Uh, Tuesday, I got to see uh, The Dead Don't Die. Did you already? Yes. Yeah. Uh, we did, like, an early screening with coffee and donuts. Yeah. Uh, it was awesome. I really loved it. Is it everything that you thought it was going to be? Yes, it really is. Good. Uh, was it anything more than you thought it was going to be? It. Y- Yes, it was. The Good. end, uh, it's, I'm not going to, of course, I right. would never want to spoil anything. Uh, the end does have a really fun surprise. Uh, this is, it's really dry humor. Right. My absolute favorite part of the movie, and I'm a giant Bill Murray fan, was Adam Driver. He owns the whole thing. He's hilarious and deadpan throughout, uh, very quotable. Uh, a lot of people are in there for just a little bit, and there are these sort of like very weak jokes that are played that way. Right. Uh, like, there's a really wonderful one with Rosie Perez. I won't spoil that either, but it's great. Uh, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. The audience was laughing. I talked to a few people afterwards, uh, and it was pretty split. Like, they either loved it or they didn't get right. it. So. Right. Uh, I tend to really enjoy those movies that are a bit divisive because it's more fun when they connect. Right. Uh, so if you like dry, deadpan movies that are it's just hysterical, really fun, uh, <laughs> this is a good one to watch. Uh, Jim Jarmusch, he, he did a great job. Well, done right. I mean, the comedy is there. Right. And the what even makes it funnier is that it's dry, and you're just like, okay, that's great. you know. And, yeah. and Alan Driver is... Slowly becoming one of my favorite, like his Kylo Ren stuff. I was angry at the at him, 
for just because of the care. Just, how, how just pent up like anger. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not going to watch any of his stuff. I don't care. But then I finally got to see Black Klansman, and I was like, okay, I'm turned around 180. And then I'll, I just want to see everything he's in now. So. The trailers for this made lucky. It, those yeah. those are a couple of my favorite ones. The trailer for this one made it look like he could potentially be the breakout character. Yeah. You know, that, oh, definitely. You know, he's and I'm not. There's nothing against Bill Murray's performance. Right. He's great too. Uh, and well, Adam Driver's playing off of him. Yeah. It's, it's very, he's very important that they're both there. It's just uh, the one that is really utilized for the big laughs. I think is Adam Driver, and he was he was phenomenal. Had a blast. Oh, I can't wait to see it. I, that's one that I'm definitely gonna go see this week. Very cool. Uh, I popped in for a little bit uh, Monday night for Maximum Overdrive. Didn't stick yeah. around for the whole show, but I came in early just to check things out. And uh, it amazes me. I don't know, still. It wasn't sold out. There were ones and twos seats yeah. here and there. But to see a th- essentially a theater full of people turn out on a Monday night for, to, for this overdrive. movie is just yep. that's just hilarious to me. I, I don't know why I still laugh about it, the thought of it. It's, uh, it's one of those movies that initially everyone hated, but right. it never deserved hate. Right. It deser- like, there's a way to really enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. A lot of kids probably saw it growing up yeah. uh, because it was you know, evil trucks. It's right. not that bad. You could it's probably get away gum. with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a lot of things that were that brought kids to the table, and uh, having grown up, having seen it when I was young, it's it's a fun, silly horror movie. And that's the thing you can't go into it expecting Night of the Living Dead no. as trucks. That's no. not what this is. Yeah. This is this is something different. But I gotta say, Cooper, <laughs> it was cracking. It was like. Tim Burton had a fever dream of, of Steven Tyler because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> he had like the Beetlejuice bell bottom pants on and then he had the you know on oh, the microphone great. pole it was Love he him. was he was cracking me up too just watching that so if again if and that wasn't even like a movie party that was just a bunch of people showing up to have a good time to watch a movie and it, yeah I mean it was a lot of fun it's fun to share the love beforehand so with our, all of our little specialty movies we like to do an intro and we pick someone or someone volunteers who has passion for the movie right uh, and there were actually a few people who wanted to do Maximum Overdrive, <laughs> awesome. which is hilarious. Yeah, which is uh, great. Sure. Yeah, that's great. Uh, but it's fun to like, we give them like two minutes beforehand just to be like, hey, this is why I love the movie, and I have a feeling this is why you're here. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I love that a lot. It was a lot of fun. We got to talk a little bit beforehand too, and yeah, there are a lot of things that can be done with some really cheesy horror movies if yeah. you can find the people like that to host it, to step up and right people, make right it passion. Fun. It's, Absolutely. it's important. Well, I've said many times on here that some movies you have to go see on the big screen. Yeah, and there's almost no chance of you ever getting to do that except for here. Yeah, and if you're not getting out and seeing some of your favorite movies like Maximum Overdrive, and there's actually two coming out next month that <laughs> I am probably going to get tickets for because. I want to see him on a big screen again. I want to take my son because yep. I know he'll love the movies, but not just on a little TV. Yeah. You've got to see it on the big screen. It's cool. That's you got to see it with people. Yeah, like, it's yeah. that communal experience. Yeah. Too. The yeah. communal experience and the big screen, the big format, how it was originally intended. Uh, there are quite a few movies I've gotten to see that I've watched a hundred times at home and never actually got to have that original experience. So it's right. that's 
that's a big part of this is giving people that experience, like bringing them back. This is this is what it was like when it came out. This is how it was intended to be seen. Exactly. Yep. If that's, you think it's it doesn't make a difference, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Get a group and, of people and come yeah, on out. People you've never met, probably will never meet again, are laughing at the same stuff you think is funny, crying at the same <laughs> stuff you think is sad. Whatever it is, you movie know? twenty, thirty years old that we can bring people together who enjoy. Yeah. That's yeah, I love storytelling, and yep. it's, it's cool to share. One of the many things that respect. makes this place amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, the headlines from this week. Not a whole lot of groundbreaking, earth-shattering stuff, but there are a few things we'll get to. First up, let's take a look at the top five at the box office from last weekend. Debuting in the number one spot was The Secret Life of Pets 2, making just short of $47 million. The The staggering number, the, the statistic I pulled that shocked me this film opened on almost 4,600 screens uh, which is the second highest number of screens for a movie to open on and the number one was Avengers Endgame so (laughs) a little ambitious maybe (laughs) opening on so many screens Uh, even with that many people having an opportunity to check out this movie it still made less than half of what the first Secret Life of Pets film made on its debut weekend uh, that movie made 104 million its opening weekend, so 47 million. Bit of a disappointment. I think the studio was expecting around 50 million, and this is around 50 million. It's just kind of on the bottom of the round part yeah. of 50 million. Well, it, it, a little recasting element to it. It reminds me a lot of uh, some of those second movies that came out in the 90s. Direct to video. The direct to video <laughs> yeah. ones that, uh, which that's not a the comment on the quality or anything. Right. It's, it's, just, it's just they like, knew they couldn't get the. Yeah, you can't, ha- cannot bring back the first guy. Yep. So uh, I think, I don't know how much that affected because sometimes, you know, little kids respond to a different voice coming from their favorite character and they don't like it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, who knows what kind of hampered hampered people coming out to this because that studio is so consistent. Uh, Which is the surprising part. Yeah, Elimination yeah. cranks out. I imagine their budget wasn't that high, yeah. so yeah. they'll do fine. Do but. you think it had anything to do with, I mean, we're kind of at the beginning of the summer. It seems like, I don't know if you guys are seeing this, but like my Facebook is filled with a ton of my friends going on vacation. Yeah. So people are like spending vacation money about this time. Maybe, and, but I don't know because that happens every summer. I mean, yeah, I mean, know, this summer more people are probably on vacation because it seems like, in theory, we're told the economy is a little better, so maybe people have a little bit of money. But at the same time, they also have disposable income to go see yeah. a movie. So I don't know how much it's kind of you know how much one takes away from the other. There are a lot of kids' movies coming out in a little right. span. Uh, there's a lot of programming that's very similar coming out in a span. So I think people. People are sort of choosing what they're going to see, and not everyone goes to the movies every week. Right, I do. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> I can't imagine why you I go just about every day because you yeah, work here. Oh, I don't blame you. If I hey. had your thing, I'd be seeing everything. I, <laughs> yeah. Even if I wasn't interested in it, I'd be going seeing stuff. I'm thinking of watching three or four movies this week total. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I know a lot of people don't come out every week, and then you have these moments where you have to choose, and a giant, pow- uh, two giant kids powerhouses are about to come out, yeah. Toy Story 4 and Lion King. Yep. I think, And we're maybe- still coming off of Aladdin. That's still yeah, getting exactly. I mean, And we'll it's- talk about it. We'll get to it in a little bit, but yeah. it's Disney... It's running the show. Yeah. They're really, really... They've, they've got a hold on what's what people want to see, and they've 
they've marketed their films so well, and they're all highly anticipated. I think uh, The Secret Life of Pets 2 just kind of uh, didn't go completely under the radar, but people probably had to make a choice. And yeah. looks like this one might not have been. Had that movie pick. been released in August, like early August? Oh, I think probably it would have done better. It would have done amazing. Yeah. Uh, probably another 10, 15 million. Yeah. Because no competition. Uh, number two, speaking of disappointing debuts, Dark Phoenix, the latest and last of the current X-Men films, debuted at number two, earns just short of $33 million, making it the first X-Men film to open to less than $50 million. Uh, as a point of comparison, the previous X-Men film, Age of Apocalypse, was considered a disappointment when it opened to twice that amount, just under $66 million back in 2016. Um, last numbers I saw, Disney's now looking at losing. They're, they're planning to write off $100 million on this film. I'm curious about that. Since the movie was made before they purchased the company, right. and they purchased the company for a set amount, I see anything that this property makes as a rebate. Right. I, that's essentially... Like, I imagine when the sale price probably had, here's what's... Green and here's the budgets, and you're gonna have to. Re yeah, you're. In, we're incorporating yeah. that into the cost, which so. is that's got to be the only way they can figure out what the cost was on how they can say we're losing hundred. Unless they're saying, yeah, we wrote it all off as part of the cost, and we spent a hundred million on advertising, I'm, which is possible. I bet with like overseas markets, it'll get close to uh, breaking even. Close to breaking even. I mean, that doesn't incorporate like the marketing expenses, but right. I'd say. Yeah, they'll lose a little money. I didn't see it. Right. Uh, I'm not a giant. Nobody else did either, apparently. Yeah. Well, nobody nobody <laughs> no. likes any of those films, but like... I like Ogun First I Class. Love I loved First Class. Yeah, which was uh, a, a good reset, but yeah. it I was like kind Logan. of... An, yeah, those two are kind of oddballs in the X-Men movie universe in that they are not... I think they say that, yes, they're attached, and obviously they spun out of First Class. Yeah. But those two came at it with a, we're doing our own thing here. Yeah. As like, opposed to this being the end of a thing, and you know we're, they're going to all re get recast, and you know Disney's going to do its own thing yeah. five, ten years down the road. So it's kind of like, it's that point of people are kind of like, well, why should I get invested in this? Because I know it's... Why go end. to work when I know that we're closing in a week? Like we're shutting down. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of that type of thing. I think I'll take my week. Or yeah. we've already shut down. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody else is running the company now. No yeah. customers are going to come in. Uh, yeah. I never saw Apocalypse. I actually thought the first two were pretty good. The first one I really liked. Mm -hmm. uh, the second one, I thought was it was unique and different, and it wasn't as nearly as good as the first one, but I thought it was entertaining. I heard all the vitriol spewed about Apocalypse, and mm. I just never got around to watching it. And I was going to go ahead and watch it to catch up for this one. And I just, it's too busy. I, I, did, I didn't get around to it. Sometimes you have to pick and choose. And yeah. I heard a couple people say that they enjoyed it, like diehard uh, X-Men movie fans. Right. But uh, I know a lot of the comic fans might have been upset. And that's, I mean, I haven't seen it, so yeah. I can't. I've heard a couple of people mentioned that they didn't feel like, you know, they kind of already did this <laughs> with it. Was it X3? Last Stand. Was it 3? Yeah, yeah, Last Stand. Yeah, that um, is a horrible movie. Yeah, so there was... Did they ever take a some... stab at the story again? <laughs> I'll I give it, it time. Dodge. Yeah, I give have, it a minute. <laughs> I think now they're just like, you know what? There are a lot of stories here. <laughs> yeah. Let's avoid the one that's kind of hurt us twice. Uh, and, yeah. And I guess that it kind of... Um, 
drops some continuing plot points or there there are if you try to sit down and make them be a thing then it doesn't mesh well i guess from movie to movie which i guess some people are saying that lack of continuity or hey we just created a plot hole from the movie that you liked last time sorry but here's i guess people are that's turning some folks off as well I, again i haven't seen it, seen it either so i don't know i like what they did with wolverine mm-hmm. uh, how it's 3 Completely different movies that right. are really not attached at all. Yeah, uh, the first one is, is horrible is, but is campy. Something. Right, like I've gone back and watched it, and I laughed my ass off. I had a blast. Well, the only good thing that movie did was it did plant the seed that would grow into yes. Deadpool. That's the only thing. As badly as that seed was, you know, there was some weeding of the garden that had to be yeah. done. But Ryan yeah. Reynolds jawing in the elevator might have been enough for them to go. You know, he's. He's pretty good. Yeah. He's entertaining. We could probably just, do something just with talking. this. Just yeah. talking. Uh, and then Wolverine. I love the samurai aesthetic. I mm-hmm. thought that movie was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Better than the first. And then Logan is just stupid It's is its own thing. I yeah, love that movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, I really wish they might have went that route. Just taking the same actors, almost American Horror Story-esque way of these same cast, same characters maybe, completely different story yeah almost anthology like yeah they come together in a weird way each time but eh uh we'll see what disney does i'm sure they'll knock it out of the park actually that's my guess is it will be a billion dollar (laughs) project they they will come out of the gates first movie as another version of dark phoenix just to show everybody this is how you are supposed to do it i'm curious who's gonna gonna do that with fantastic four as well yeah they're better I can't take another disappointing Fantastic Four movie. Yeah, some of these I think they should just leave alone. Yeah, let yeah. them let them age, give them some room. Uh, number three, Aladdin dropped only one spot down from number two last week to number three this week, earning just shy of another worried about twenty-five million. It. Yeah, that brings the film's global receipt to just under uh, six hundred five million in three weeks. As a point of comparison, the original only made five hundred and four million in its entire run back in ninety two. So, outgrossed the original. I have a feeling they're going to keep doing these live action adaptations of animated films. They work. They <laughs> really they do. Make money. Uh, I'm still anticipating the Mulan one, uh, yeah. which is my and favorite that's next Disney year? princess. Uh, <laughs> that's the one you relate to the most. <laughs> yeah, you know, what speaks to me. I just like the "I'll Make a Man Out of You" song. That's a cool song. Uh, but yeah. I'm excited for that one. And these movies, just, they just they print money. Yeah. Everyone was so worried that Aladdin was going to be uh, garbage. And it's just nothing but negative press. And then the moment it releases, it's like, wait a minute, this was made by Disney. And they just kind of, yeah. they know what they're doing. I think they fumbled on the trailer. Yeah, they did. Early on. Because they felt like they had to get something out because time, deadlines. Yeah. And once they started showing a little more of the genie where you like, Oh, okay. It's oh, it's, it's not going to be this to the whole thing. Thank yeah, it's, God. it's it's similar to what Robin Williams got to yeah. do, which was be Robin Williams. Oh, let's have someone who's got a cool personality be themselves a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah, it, I still haven't seen it, but I know I'm going to. Yeah, it looks entertaining. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to wait till it comes out on HBO or something. <laughs> it's not for me, but you know, everybody else in my family seen it. Falling. Hard. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. From the number from the number one spot last week down to number four this week uh, was Godzilla, King of the Monsters, took in just over fifteen million in its second week. 
Um, Very happy they already greenlit the King Kong one. Yeah, I, I, it's a good happy. thing that's already done. Yes. Like, I know they're doing posts. I know they're doing all the effects work. But they're there. not going to throw all that out. Yeah, that, uh, so... They might that, tighten it up, script-wise. Yeah. But uh, I have heard rumblings that we may hear that that film is getting delayed. Reshoots. Yes. I would not be surprised at all, because I'm sure any of the plot points that didn't work in this one, which I have not seen, uh, I'm sure any of the plot points that didn't work, they'll just kind of pull or retcon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm just pumped to see King Kong again. Big King Kong fan. Right. Between the two, that's my favorite. Yeah, same here. Yeah, he's badass. Uh, <laughs> but I've been anticipating this matchup uh, for a while. I still need to see this one. I don't care what people say. I'm going to see it. Right. Uh, well, one thing that like my son and I always talk about is like uh, if you watch, the reason why you're watching this movie is because you watched all the old ones mm-hmm. and fell in love with those. So what kind of movie are you expecting if you fell in love with those cheesy... They weren't scripted well. Know, no, they weren't. Horrible so. acting. I can tell you what effects. I was expecting, and I can only speak for my spell, myself. When I went and saw the 2014 Godzilla, the yeah. reboot, the thing that kicked off this whole franchise, I saw a movie that was not about Godzilla. Godzilla was a force of nature that was occurring, and it was a very human story. It's about a People soldier are... trying to get home yeah. to his family. And so I went into it thinking maybe that some of that would carry over. Um, that's not the case at all. It's all. And it's okay yeah. because they can have different films. Godzilla 2014 can be a human story. And, and that's the weak point of the old Godzilla movies is the human story was crap. It was about watching guys in rubber suits and puppets on strings fighting. Yes. But this was about, it's a new start, and this is a story about the human element of what's going on when this is happening. Here's the story of a soldier trying to get, just trying to get home to his family. He doesn't know what the situation is because they are in the city that's being attacked. And that's fine. And then you have Kong Skull Island, which was very much, let's drop a giant monkey into apocalypse now and just see what happens and it was a ton of fun yeah it was a blast and john c Riley, uh, the whole movie i mean so sam fun. jackson chewing scenery everything yeah. about the movie was fantastic in a different way this movie it just missed the mark it, a little it, bit. It, it, it didn't it didn't live up to either of those yeah. it wasn't it did the, the human story in this is the weakest element which is traditional in yeah. a Godzilla movie, but not if you're saying this is the foundation we're laying for a new path forward. It it, it didn't hit that. And it isn't as fun as Kong Skull Island was because, again, those human performances weren't at that level that, that we got in Kong Skull Island. And Kong Skull Island, not everybody was fantastic in that movie, yeah. <laughs> but there was enough that made it work. The human element in this one was really flat. Is it a visually stunning yes good but you could also take a, the 20 minute visual effects reel and just watch that if you that's all you want to see there are some real even in story logic flaws that yeah. tend to pull people out of the movies oh, dang it yeah it, i mean i'm you know uh yeah, it, it was it's a troubling troubling script that i feel like you know yes the monster fights were the best parts of it but even some of those have some stuff that just you're like well that doesn't make any sense even uh, it, it doesn't make sense you know you know but it doesn't make sense in the world that you've established yeah. there are sometimes i mean without going into specifics and spoiling anything there are moments where you're just kind of like 
that doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> and it not not like I can you you can suspend disbelief for these giant monsters fighting. Yeah. But then when you pull some of these other things, it's like. Wait a minute. <laughs> like in the universe that they built, it still doesn't make sense. Yeah. Within uh, the story they're telling, it doesn't make sense. Your comment on the 2014 one, like it being a human story, uh, I would really like to see a Godzilla movie sort of shot in the style of Cloverfield. Mm-hmm. I like that that low to the ground Here's dealing the with what's view going on. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, I think it would just be so cool. And it really helps you feel the size and the exactly. scope of the monsters. Yeah, because, and people will knock that 2014 one because, like, you know, the big fights are about to happen and they're closing the doors. You know, you don't see all the, they, they put the, they didn't spend the budget on that scene. They yeah. spent it elsewhere. And some people will knock it for that. But it's because you, the, the story was these people are underground in this bunker that's supposed to be safe. And they're watching as everything's about to get torn up. It's that human point of view. Yeah, they're not so much concerned with staring at what's happening as, oh, we need to get to <laughs> Yeah, is this door going to be enough to yes. hold off what's going about to go down? So. Probably not, yeah. if it, if there were any effort. <laughs> yeah, if somebody wanted to get in that door, they would. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was, it was disappointing in that respect. And I came into that thing ready to go. I was ready to love it, ready for Kong versus Godzilla. Um, a little less ready now. Uh, hopefully, I'll be ready <laughs> after the reshoots are done. So we'll see what happens. And rounding out the top five is Rocket Man, making just short of another $14 million. There's one that's not disappointing anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Out, um, outperforming studio expectations, uh, having a good run with yeah, Rocket Man. Audiences seem to really enjoy it. Everyone's responding to it. Easy well. street. Yeah. Yeah. Check marks across. How long can Gold we stay Star. in the top five this yeah. summer? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I imagine this is its last week in the top five. You know, I don't know. I could see, I could see Secret Life of Pets two, Dark Phoenix, and Godzilla dropping out of the top five, and Rocket Man hanging around. Oh, that'd be cool. Potentially, I could see, I could see Aladdin and Rocket Man possibly hanging on to the four or five spots this week. Oh, maybe we'll, well see. I'm excited to see. Uh, I did really like that movie. It was a great uh, music biopic. Yeah. Oh, it was excellent. With little quotation marks around that music biopic part. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not it's a documentary. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't go into it thinking. Well, nothing that. coming out has been Bart right. And Rhapsody wasn't the or the uh, Molly Crew thing on Netflix wasn't. It's just you know, it's here's something fun that kind of has some stuff that may have happened in <laughs> Here it. Here are and, the people. We're going to yeah. make them characters in the story. Unless yeah. you're watching a documentary, like historic films are typically not, you know, isn't, 100% accurate. Isn't the uh, Bob Dylan? Flick getting a very limited release this week. Not like three city, <laughs> like New oh, York, L.A. And, that, this one totally went under my yeah, radar. Yeah, it's a Scorsese uh, did a Bob Dylan in the he loves it, those music in the vein of yeah his uh, Rolling Stone ones that he's done. Yeah, oh, cool. Well, that's just him playing concerts. He's only playing three. Yeah. <laughs> well, that could be he just too. likes <laughs> hanging out with these brilliant bands. And yeah, that's why he does it. Brilliant bands from the sixties. Yes. <laughs> not anybody today. If he watches movies. He definitely loves it. <laughs> exactly. He's, he's going to use their music too. Yes. By golly, Bob Dylan's little spring chicken. So you better get some footage. <laughs> get it in now. <laughs> uh, let's take a look at a few of the headlines again. Not. So, not a lot of stuff, but we'll kind of touch on a few things. Mindy Kaling has made it known that she has had talks with the folks at Marvel Studios about bringing Ms. Marvel to life. While she says the folks at Marvel are excited, her word, about the character, uh, which is the first Muslim superhero, or heroine in this case, to headline her own comic at one of the major publishers, there's no word yet on how Kaling will be involved, if at all. If so, probably as a writer 
maybe as an executive producer, nor whether or not this would be for the big screen or if it's part of Disney's Disney Plus streaming service. It does, though, seem to kind of fit with the what we're hearing out of Marvel Studios, which is that after Endgame, they are looking for new, younger, more diverse, different stories to tell with different characters. Yeah, I mean, th- having a, a universe that has had so many films a part of it, eventually it will start getting stale. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've done a lot of work to keep it uh, fresh with... Like Guardians of the Galaxy, Thor Ragnarok, they do these weird, bizarre versions. So I'm not surprised that they're that they are anticipating a little bit of a drop off uh, with their films after Endgame. So you know they're they're putting the pedal to the metal, trying to make these new, unique movies that you're not used to. And uh, Mindy Kaling, very smart to uh, mm-hmm. try and throw her hat into the ring with a superhero. She's a wonderful writer, yeah. uh, so I, w- I would imagine she'd end up an executive producer or producer or something like that. Uh, Do you see? I don't know how much she knows about the. Character. I don't think we're ready for a movie per se, but maybe Disney Plus is probably yeah. put her in an animated thing. Oh, well, they've done that a couple of times, or as a character, maybe not her own, but I think she's she's shown up in animation. I think, but yeah, yeah seeing That's something like saying, Disney Plus, you know, if she's gonna headline it and she's gonna be the main person. I would try that first. Do you see is, are we, it's hard to ask this question because it sounds really kind of ridiculous coming out of however much money Endgame is at now currently. Yeah. Is Marvel to the point, is Marvel Studios, the film branch of Marvel Studios, are they to the point where they can make a $30 million Marvel movie with a small character? That's more grounded, more street level. You would think Daredevil could be that, although there's, I know they are still looking at doing some stuff on the television side, but there are these smaller characters that you don't need a ton of effects budget. You don't need an earth shattering fight because that's not that character. Does Marvel, are they at that point? And if not, do they get to that point with this next phase of what they're doing? I would say yes, with a but. I'd say, yes, they are definitely at the point where they could make smaller superhero movies and people would turn out for them, and that would be a great way to sort of diversify the style of movies that they make. And my but would be, I don't think that's the direction they're going. They're just going to make series. Right. Like they're, I think uh, any of those titles that they would make a smaller version, that's what's going to be the Disney Plus, like limited series, right. limited runs, stuff like that. Uh, so they'll still put that big budget in there, but they're trying to boost this property so they can make some Netflix money on the side. Right. Uh, yeah, they're they're smart, and I really hope they start making some more unique, bizarre indie-ish style superhero movies right. because there are a few of those out there that exist already that are a lot of fun because you get to sort of play with the format. Whenever you are like up against a wall and you can't use like a hundred million dollar explosion or something yeah. like that, uh, you have to get crafty. And in those moments, like, you ever see the Rain Wilson, uh, Ellen Page movie Super? Yes. Yes, love that movie. Yeah. It's a lot of fun, low budget, well-constructed, uh, unique. It's, I like the idea of a smaller budget with superhero movies because it it changes the rules for the people making them. So, um uh, yeah, I anticipate a lot of 
Disney Plus limited series uh, that they might have sequels to the limited series instead of seasons. Do you think uh, they would ever let like how they did with Venom, like have somebody else be like, "Well, here, this isn't a big character, so see what you can do." Well, with that was Sony. I mean, water? Marvel had nothing to do with that one. Unfortunately, well, I mean, it's kind of in that property. Is oh, you I'm mean like? But, but I'm saying, but that was Sony only. Yeah. yeah. Utilize smaller oddball properties and just sort of toss them off to a director. Like, and just see if that if it's like, huh? They did something with that. Now, okay, then it gives them a reason to go. Okay, if someone else can kind of do a little something with it, now we'll take it over. And, and that's why I think I don't think Marvel is looking for that. I think it would take a well-respected director that has experience with small yet successful, not necessarily indie, just smaller budget films, to be able to go to them with an idea saying, I have an idea for this character. Here's the budget. Let me make it. If you don't like it, you can stick it on Disney Plus and call it a one-off original movie or something to help sell that service. But I think you're going to be happy with what I provide for you. I mean, Netflix sort of works as a distributor in that respect where they buy up properties that just probably wouldn't make it in theaters. Uh, So with Disney sort of constructing this new format for how they're going to do things, I wouldn't be surprised if they did something along those lines. I'd love to see some really respected small like it'd be cool to see a, like a spike lee yeah. superhero movie would be great uh i'd love to see like a jim jarmusch superhero movie or a wes anderson superhero movie although i don't think any of those three would be, have any interest right uh, yeah it, it would but, require somebody that has the, a passion for a character yeah this was my character growing like, up uh, or, like when edgar wright was pumped about yeah, making ant-man, uh, ant-man. yeah too bad that one that could have been something yeah. it really could have that uh, Peyton did. Peyton Reed. He did. He, he did. did he did just job. fine. Yeah. yeah, just fine. Uh, there is. I don't know if anybody here is a fan of the Discworld books. If anybody listening is uh, Terry Rossio, who wrote or co-wrote uh, Shrek and Aladdin, is writing a screenplay adapted from Terry Pratchett's The Amazing Maurice and His Educated Rodents, which would be the first time one of the Discworld series of books is brought to film. Uh, Carter Goodrich, who worked on the designs for Ratatouille and Brave, he will be handling the character designs on this one. Uh, Toby Genkel, who I'm not familiar with, is is directing. It's aiming for an early 2022 release. Again, this will be some sort of an animated, computer animated film. Um, again, don't know that. I don't. There's not a ton of following here in the states for it. I know in England for Discworld. Yeah, I'm more of a streaming world fan. But um, but more of a laser disc world. Yeah. Uh-huh. Disc world kind of sounds like a discount DVD yeah. <laughs> store from the like a blockbuster light. Kinda. Like a compact CD, uh, sorry, a compact disc right. uh, amusement park where that's disc like world. Yeah. That's all it is. Like oh, I'm gonna have a disc cone, which is just a CD with ice cream on it, and you eat it off the CD. Or nachos. It's just oh, discs that are cut yeah. up. <laughs> Round chips. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, that's happening. Again, not a huge following here in the States, but I'm sure there are folks overseas that are thrilled. Uh, Jordan Peele, who we know likes to use horror to engage in a discussion on social topics, his upcoming Candyman reboot, which he's not writing or directing, he's just producing through his production house. Um, he, They are saying that 
there will be a social dialogue as a part of this as well, as one would expect with anything with Jordan Peele's name attached to it. Oh, yeah. Um, they are tackling toxic fandom in the Candyman reboot, which is seems weird. Apparently, it will be less of a as a of a thread or a theme running through the film as much as they are going to well, i guess discussions that they're having is that they want to ex- not necessarily expose toxic fandom because we see enough of that already yeah. they want to uh, upset's not the right word they want to prod at <laughs> i yeah. guess the toxic elements in horror in particular fandom um by you know, walking a balance between giving fans of the originals what they want. And then at the same time, also giving them stuff that they didn't know they wanted. It seems pretty, uh, kind of poking at people like kind of meta. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of, it's going to be interesting to see how they walk that line. I think with this so long as it isn't, uh, ham fisted, yeah. which, you know, horror is a genre where that is a worry. Yeah. A lot the horror genre is made up of like 85% <laughs> schlock, garbage, right. uh, and then 15% probably like the really good, brilliant, cool horror movies that become classics. Uh, I trust Jordan Peele, although I trust him far more when he's directing and writing. That's, yeah, uh, <laughs> exactly. I mean, the Twilight Zone series, uh, he produced. Right. I don't think he really wrote much, if any, of it. Right. Uh, and Not well-received. Not well-received, well but whenever he's putting himself on the line and he's actually putting in the effort, he really constructs some wonderful projects. I'm curious what type of eye he has to identify someone else who has those same qualities. Right. So hopefully... I'll see. Of course, I'll see. Yeah, it. yeah. Duh. But I really, really hope that it's, it's, it's well done because I think that's a great premise. I love the idea of utilizing uh, a point to a movie, like mm-hmm. having some sort of reasoning behind why you're doing it. Besides money. Yeah. yeah besides, <laughs> hey, let's kill a bunch of teenagers uh, over the course of an hour and thirty minutes, and then and kill the you bad pay guy. us for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just keep on handing us money for it. And the Candyman makes a lot of sense to me. It- as being the one that they do this with. I don't know why. It just seems like that character is right for it. Yeah. I, th- I, I hope they do do a good job and it's just not completely on the nose and annoying because that can happen. My concern, I think, is, and it's hard to st- articulate this, but I th- my concern is that when they said we're doing a Candyman reboot, my guess is there was backlash from the toxic corners of Candyman fandom, whatever that looks like. I don't know much about the Candyman <laughs> fandom. And I, my concern is that they are trying to take that backlash and incorporate it into a script that's already been written as opposed to that was already there and that was kind of we knew you know what I mean I, I'm afraid they're trying to make it something it could end up like a, is it the third Nightmare on Elm Street movie where it's like they're making a movie or is it the fourth one no that's like much a new later, Nightmare I think, yeah I think it's even further it's like five or six yeah but it, it could end up because like third that. was Dream Warriors right that was like a campy yeah, classic no, fun yeah uh yeah, it could end up being like that, or it could end up being absolutely horrible. I hope it's woven together properly. I hope so, too. It's a great idea. Yeah. Uh, it's 
check out the execution. I'm excited to see the first trailer whenever it does finally happen. Well, Jordan Peele, I mean, if he's involved in the trailer cutting process at all, yeah. we know he can cut a trailer that makes you go, oh, you know, what's this? So yeah, like, normally, this gives me no details. Yeah, exactly. Normally, I wouldn't have much hope for it, but for some reason, I don't know what it is. I really think they'll they'll do good with this one. I don't know why. Hopefully, we'll, I'm right. We'll find out. Hope so, too. I <laughs> remember so this. Too. Yeah, we got done. We got it recorded. Uh, and finally, Disney released a new trailer for Frozen 2, which is now called Frozen 2, the Roman numerals 2, as opposed to the number, the Arabic numeral 2. I'm glad they changed it because it looks like two icicles now. <laughs> that and it they does. can probably incorporate I'm that sure they the did that on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the film releases just in time for Thanksgiving on November 22nd. Anybody see the trailer and have any thoughts on it whatsoever? I saw it. I like how it opened. Is it the one where she's trying to go up the... It's uh, It incorporates that, but it adds a little bit more story, a little bit more, I don't want to say mythology, but a little more like, hey, there's a bigger world than just what we showed you in the first trailer. Yeah. I, saw, I, I believe I saw it. It's got like images from almost like summertime or a springtime. Yeah. Uh, you know, not for me, but I know this yeah. movie's going to make all the money, yeah. and there are a lot oh, yeah. of kids who are stoked. See, I don't know about that. You don't think and, so? And the only reason I question it is just because having kids that were the right age when the first one landed, it's almost become one of those things where it was like, wow, this is really cool. It was too big. And now it's not, and now I'm... What is it? Three, four, five years older, and oh, nothing really. You know, yes, I love the Aladdin. Go take me to see that again. But anything Disney, I don't want to see. Well, yeah. it's Disney too. You know, it's there's that kind of that whole I'm too cool for this with that particular audience. Now, that's not saying that the kids that missed it the first one because they were too young. I'm sure they will show up yeah. in droves. Kids the, just keep the four made. and five. Yeah, the they four, just, five, and six year olds are going to happening. be excited. Do. Yeah. Don't know about the uh, ones that are now. 10 and preteen and teens. We'll see what happens. So, what do you guys think about Macaulay Culkin potentially being the Joker in the new Batman movie? Macaulay Culkin? I haven't heard it. But. I would love to yeah. see him actually act a couple more times before he took on a big property because yeah. I think, you know, some of the small things that I've seen him do, uh, like little appearances and stuff, I think he has lost a little bit of it. But uh, I still like him. I guess he's been doing a lot of stuff, which I didn't know. Yeah. The, but he's been in a bunch of little indie films and stuff like that. And they, it started out kind of like a rumor, but it's like enough to where some of the major things. They're going to need to do a lot of reshoots on that Joker movie then. <laughs> yeah, they exactly. Get to it. Yeah, I don't think they're going to do that one. <laughs> so uh, I have, we're going to pull Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Well, that's where everybody's kind of like, well, if we've already got the Joaquin Phoenix, why don't we just kind of bring his Joker in? There's like, how many Joker movies or how many Jokers do we need in the next three years? I'd say yeah. uh, as many as possible. That's probably going to be one of the more like successful a new properties one every year for the next three years. So I haven't heard I, from what I had. I hadn't heard that rumor. I have heard that this next film is not going to include the Joker. Uh, it's, it's like the past couple Wait, days. Joker's made... not going to have the Joker in it? No, he'll be in that one. Okay, <laughs> The one that comes out this October. So this trailer the, yeah, BS. The uh, words from those that are close to studio sources were saying it would be another Catwoman and uh, Penguin and possibly appearances by others in smaller roles. Oh, like Calendar Man? Well, no. <laughs> Probably not. They're saying that possibly... Uh, 
they may incorporate like the scarecrow and the Riddler as small, like setting you up for more. Which is the main complaint is that hey, got we already so got many we already guys. got Catwoman and the Penguin in Batman Returns, and you're not going to top the campiness of that movie. So why even attempt that? I don't know why. And we don't need you to set us up with what we just watched on Gotham for five seasons. Use so like give a us play a face or something. Do something weird and different. Yeah. I'm, so fed Condiment up with man. them just using the same <laughs> kite ba- man. Is Batman like the most boring universe ever or something? Because I always loved Batman. Right. And I loved all the villains. And all the villains. Yeah, all not the just, villains. Yeah, there don't so just give many. me the same five over yeah. and over. Oh, let's do uh, Catwoman again because we've done it before and it was successful. Oh, let's use the Joker again because we've done it before and it's been successful. Oh, let's use the Penguin again because we've done it before and let's it's been successful. Just there are so many others. It was cool when Christopher Nolan incorporated like <laughs> Ra's al Ghul and had uh, uh, the Scarecrow. Super fun. Guess what? If you're rebooting it. Don't use the scarecrow. If you just did that. It was already exciting. If you're using Cillian Murphy, maybe because I liked him as a scarecrow. He's just a creepy looking dude. Right. Uh, but it just gets so annoying when they don't try. Try. Come <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah. It feels Wouldn't that like be nice. It feels like the Batman cinematic universe or whatever you want to call it. The Batman films they continue to scratch the same surface over yes. and over. They never go beyond. The tip I of the iceberg. Give absolutely us. get the necessity to use the Joker. Absolutely. It's the most right. important Batman villain. He should, in any Batman universe that happens, he should be he's going to pop up. He right. should be a presence, even if he's just pulling the strings or something like that. But some of these other ones that they use, like, it's disappointing. I want to see something different. Did you ever like, see the animated uh, Batman movie where they went back to the samurai times? Was that, remember what was, which one was that? Was that? It was fairly recent. Yeah, I can't remember. But it's like if, Batman. If Samurai, you want to Batman love Ninja. all the old Batman criminals yeah. again, watch that movie because the way they did them all makes you love them all all over again. I cannot stress how much I love that movie, and I love the animated stuff. Anyways, you almost can't go wrong. But that one is really cool. I think an issue would be that the the villains that they utilize are ones that, as far as scope, uh, they're bigger. Right. Uh, some of the other Batman villains, maybe like a Zaz or Calendar Man, as I insisted mm-hmm. before, would end up being smaller movies. But you could do a pretty cool Calendar Man movie where he's killing someone it's just, every yeah, holiday. You're, you're redoing and, Zodiac, yeah, <laughs> you know, only as Batman instead of which yeah, would the be press great. The I would watch the heck out of that, and that sort of implies well, the idea of using smaller budgets on some of well, these. And if that's what they're trying to do, if they're trying to make this, hey, we're not making. Batman with a capital B. We're making Batman movies that are with smaller. Lower and, case yeah, B. yeah, with a smaller budget and it's more of a cerebral, more focused on the detective side, which is what they keep telling us that they're doing. You know, hey, we're making more of a noir type of, you know, it's more of a mystery. It's then, yeah, use somebody that doesn't have to be bigger, larger I than see life. David's movie. Yeah, tell me more about that one. Oh, my movie is great. <laughs> it's, yeah, also, it's... Robin's in it, and he doesn't suck because you can do Robin well. You don't have to. St- you can fix Robin, and I don't think fans would be upset because they hate him. Like turn him into Nightwing, or have like uh, what's what's the plot where he uh, he gets like kidnapped and turned into a bad guy? That right. whole thing is it like from the video games or something? Anything, just do something different. Utilize some characters you haven't. Try to change something 
something people don't like and make it better. And it Those seems like that's all... what they're not doing. They are staying away from like the Mr. Freezes, the Riddlers, the you know some of that stuff that was you know from the Schumacher uh, yeah. over the top lost a lot of money stuff, which you could do those really well and I, redeem those characters. I would love an Arkham Asylum movie. Yeah, I a would small... Love one it's all one, one closed set, and yeah. it's all in Arkham Asylum. It's just a bunch awesome. of hallways, and it's a lot of bad guys. Yeah. And Batman has to do something. And by the end of it, he does that something, but at what cost? You already want to see it. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I'm there. Uh, yeah. Well, let's take a look at let's take a look at uh, some movies that you actually can see this week. <laughs> uh, we've got a few opening. Uh, you mentioned earlier, The Dead Don't Die opens wide this week. Yes. Lots oh, of fun. I think 500 theaters. That's oh, it's it. huge opening. Yeah. I mean, that's big for a Jim Jarmusch film. <laughs> you know, that, that's true. But it feels like... Yeah. We'll see if that doesn't change in weeks two and three. I hope. That'd be uh, really cool. I can see this growing to, you know, if it is 500 theaters, I can see it growing to 1,500 in a week or so if it plays well and hope. makes the money. I like go see it. Uh, Men in Black International opens this week. Yeah. You guys are having some fun with that. Yeah. It's, uh, well, this is Thursday, so, so you guys last had. night we had a suit and <laughs> you tie had, screening and, it and everyone fabulous. loved it. Yeah. And Shaft opens this weekend. This is the third generation Shaft. of Shaft. Yeah, with Looks all funny. the Shafts. which is yeah, which is connecting the yeah. previous two. You have uh, the whole Shaft family. I just trust that it'll be an entertaining good time. Uh, yeah, I have a feeling it looks like it'll be fun. Those if two you need an escape, great. I like yeah. them. Coming up this week, also at the Alamo Draft House. If you're not into the new stuff, there's plenty oh. of of classics to get caught up on. There's some more things, some Pride Week stuff going on in the next week or so as well. Let's start off with taking a look at, for families, the Kids Camp, the Shrek Kids Camp continues all this week on Thursday and Friday at 10 a.m. And next week, the Kids Camp featured film is The Lorax at 10 o'clock, Monday through Friday next week. Speaks for the trees. It does. Speaks for itself that it speaks (laughs) for the trees. Thursday night, tonight, if you're listening on Thursday, uh, you guys are doing a champagne party. This is not the monthly champagne cinema. This is an add-on, a bonus. Yeah. This was really, like, last minute this opportunity presented itself. So we have late night coming out this weekend as well. Speaking of Mindy Kaling. uh, And uh, the studio sending us, like, these champagne glasses. So we're doing, like, a day-early premiere since we're not showing it until Friday. Right. Uh, You can come in early. You get it if you're 21 or over. You get a complimentary pour of champagne and a cool flute. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be a fun one. It looks like a lot of fun. That's at 720 on Thursday night. A couple sold-out screenings of the Father's Day screening of Stagecoach. I hope you got your tickets because you're not getting any more. That's sold out. (laughs) And Monday evening's Grease sing-along is sold out as well. No surprise. So that takes us to Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Normally, we just talk about through Wednesday, but next Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, it is Pride Week at the Alamo Draft House. Yeah. Tuesday night, kicking it off with But I'm a Cheerleader at 6.40 p.m. Uh, did you see that uh, Russian Doll Season 2 is a go at Netflix? Thank oh, is it? Just uh, slightly off topic. I, I know we should be talking about I But I'm a Cheerleader, so but... I was so worried it was going to be a one-off no, show. They, uh, they, they oh, that, it makes they, me so happy because yeah. I watched it the day it came out all the way through. I watched every episode because it was such an easy watch and it blew me away. And I watched it like it was a long movie and all the wonderful things they did with this concept that's pretty well-tread. Yeah. Uh, and it's it further... Uh, confirms my idea that if you have a movie or a TV show 
where you repeat the same day over and over again. It will be good no matter what. It doesn't <laughs> matter what the plot is. It just gets progressively better and better. <laughs> We're talking about But I'm a Cheerleader. <laughs> Sorry about the little tangent there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and But I'm a Cheerleader is good as well. It and is. We're gonna have pom- it's not even a movie party. Right. We're going to have pom-poms. It's going to be okay. fun. Very good. So you can pom-pom along. Lots of fun. Because you're a cheerleader. <laughs> you are. Unleash your inner cheerleader. Pride Week continues on Wednesday night with Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, at 6.40 p.m. That one's a lot of fun. Lavish. Are you guys? Are, is, do you have a host for that one? Yes, we do. Is the host dressing up? Uh, I believe so. Yes, awesome. uh, I haven't uh, you have confirmed to get with for him us. exactly what he's planning on doing, but have that one photos. should be pretty lively. We're excited. That's going to be a lot of fun. That is uh, right up there with like Rocky Horror Picture Show, as far as the whole There's like a, cult classic, cool camp people factor. showing up. Yeah, yeah, it's a blast in costume. It, yeah, that's a fun one. And the Pride Week wraps up on Thursday night with Wild Nights with Emily on Thursday at 6.20 p.m. I'm pumped for this one. Yeah. Because uh, I a, love this Molly club, Shannon. This is a film club screening, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there'll be a discussion afterwards as well. Super pumped. We're, we'll have a discussion in the back lot. This one should be really good. Critics absolutely loved it. I've seen audience scores that say they agree. Uh, and it's a it's a new Molly Shannon performance <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Like, we get to see the superstar herself uh, <laughs> in take action. on the role of Emily Dickinson. Uh, it'll be great. It'll be fun. All that plus, if you don't, even if you don't want to come see a movie, there's stuff to do here in the back lot. Uh, Drew and Jeff will be playing Thursday night in the back lot at seven o'clock. One of the rotating lineup of live musicians playing Thursday nights in the back lot. Dallas and Molly are your resident performers on Sundays. They'll be here all summer long starting, uh, no, not starting, but they will begin playing at 6 p.m. this Sunday. And then, of course, Trivia Nights every Tuesday in the back lot. All kinds of stuff going on. The great thing, the back lot, there's no cover for any of this stuff. So just come out and have a good time, order some drinks, or if you show up, you know, dinner time, order something to eat, and <laughs> just have a good night here at the Alamo, even if you don't see a movie. That's yeah. the best thing about it. Is, Grab a board game or something. Yeah, there's tons Chill. to do here. Chill, dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So get your tickets early. These special screenings often sell out. Some of them already have, as we mentioned. You can get your tickets on the Draft House app on your mobile device. You can buy them online at drafthouse.com slash Springfield or get them in person. Just don't wait till the day of the screening again, especially we talked about it with these special screenings where you're seeing something that's not a new release. You haven't seen it on the big screen in a while. Don't wait on these things because there are other people in Springfield that want to see them too. And if they've got the mobile device and that's got the Draft House app or if they're going online, they're getting the tickets. So don't wait till the day of to show up and buy them. You know what they say? The early bird gets the worm. Is that what they say now? Yeah. And even though we're only halfway through this month, I strongly suggest looking and seeing what's coming up next month because... There are some so, there are some of those that are going to sell out if they haven't yes. already as well. We got uh, a strong summer ahead of us. You do. You can get, uh, like Kenny was saying, you can go on Facebook. Just search for... At Alamo Spring Mo And go to the events page, and you can see all of June and July starting to fill up nicely as well. Figure out what you want to see. Bring some friends. Pinpoint the date. Make a date of it. Get your tickets. Come on out to the draft house. Comments from last week. Uh, Tom and Lacey with the YouTube channel, Do You Nerd? And they do. Uh, they are also Alamo VIPs and longtime listeners of the show. They said they're glad that we're back after our break at the end of May. We are glad to be back, too. We've got some fun stuff planned for this summer, including 
our summer long poll, which is all about the favorite summer movies from the segue. 1980s. <laughs> A smooth segue. Uh, we are going year by year through the 1980s. We're taking a look at the summer movies. Those are movies released between Memorial Day weekend and Labor Day weekend. And we are choosing our favorite. And we're asking you guys to vote on your favorite from our choices. Last week, we set, started with 1981. <laughs> Here are the results at number four with 8% of the vote was David's pick of Stripes. Yay! Great movie. We would give you the first pick this week, but because Jen's not here and she already registered her pick, you're going to have to pick second this week. That's fine. Tied for second place, second place slash third place, with 17% of the vote were Jen's pick of The Fox and the Hound and Kenny's choice of Heavy Metal. So a couple animated films. Two very similar movies. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They're both animated. (laughs) That's all they have in common. Oh, okay. And taking the top spot with 58% of the vote, better than half of you voted, for Raiders of the Lost Ark, which, Epic if you didn't show. know, a couple movie parties coming up in the yes. next couple weeks for Raiders of the Lost Ark. Be sure to come out for those. That was the results from last week's poll. Let's take a look at this week's choices, which are the movies of the summer of 1982. Jen has already made her pick. We locked it in. We all agreed that, yes, you can pick first, and we'll give you that one. So... Looking through the list, we'll get to her pick in a moment. Um, anything jump out at you that you immediately want to claim as that's my pick? And David, you get since you yes. finished last last week, you get the first choice, the, really the second choice because Jen's made her choice. But yeah. you get your choice. Any well, of these movies jump out to you as the choice? I do have one that jumps out at me, and I absolutely love this film. But first, I'd like to thank that eight percent. Who that voted with me you? on stripes. <laughs> it is great. Love it. Love it. Love it. Eight percent of the of the voters agreed with you that that is the best movie from the summer of eighty one. We're in the right, gang. <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to everybody else. Uh, so if what, that if last, you can if wait, you can wait, convert wait. that eight percent this week, uh, wait, wait, not what you're not seeing at home is David turned to an empty couch <laughs> and was speaking to it like all <laughs> like of like, you like that eight percent wrong. You're right next because to when me. we do these shows, <laughs> we picture the room full of eight percenters. My wing men and my wing women. <laughs> there you go. Thank you very much. Uh, so, so for this week, yes, my pick uh, would have to be. The thing, love it, oh. love it, love it. John Carpenter's on this list, the thing. my favorite movie that I've seen out of all of these films. I didn't even have to worry about what Jen picked. So uh, you didn't pick Zapped. Did not pick <laughs> Zapped. It was either this or Author Author. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, I decided to go with my gut. I went with the thing. I think this should boost my number up to like sixteen to twenty-two percent. Ooh, yeah, you're expecting growth this I'm week. I'm expecting to be third this week, and I hope you all <laughs> help me out here. Climbing uh, out of the cellar, yeah, <laughs> into Kurt third Russell. Place. <laughs> Kurt Russell. It, it had to be. Uh, had to be included at some point with one of my picks, and uh, yeah. I think last week it could have been Escape from New York or uh, well, Fox and the Hound. If, if, yeah, <laughs> let's see how many Kurt Russell films <laughs> if every, we can get voted if on. Every week we can keep him in in the running here with <laughs> yeah. us. Yeah, but great movie, I'm sure everyone agrees. That's my pick. Uh, at least eight percent probably will agree with you again. So, Kitty, th- are you surprised at all by the pick of the thing? Does it change your thinking at all? It doesn't change my thinking. I was a little surprised that he picked that, but in a way, not because of what the movie was. Yeah. It fits with with you. So, fitting with me, 
Um, I will go with the best little whorehouse in Texas. <laughs> All right. Dolly Parton, Burt Reynolds, the best little whorehouse in Texas. Because I'm sure like E.T. will probably get the votes. But I just I love this movie. And there's some on this list that I'm, I know I've seen. Right. But I could not tell you if gun to my head could not tell you the plot of <laughs> eight of these movies. Right. But I love another ten of these movies so much. So yeah, I mean, there I have I see like about eight honorable mentions. Yeah, that's when I was looking at the list. I came up with again about eight that are worth mentioning. So with Jen not here and with me making the last pick, I will mention some of those. And feel free to jump in at any point. Uh, starting at the top of our list here and kind of run through Rocky Three. You yes. can mention. Oh yes, that's the one with Mister T as Clubber yeah. Lang. Such a good movie. Uh, Poltergeist is on the list. Classic. A summer yes, film. I would agree. I don't think you can win with a horror film in the summer if it's not Jaws, and it's not because we're only starting in the 80s, which is why the thing, maybe, I, I we'll see what happens. It's a great movie, guys. It is. Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, probably the best of the Star Trek films, is on this list. Not going Most with that. quotable. Yeah. Yeah, Khan. <laughs> <laughs> There's other ones, but yeah. Uh, Annie is on this list. So I forgot all about Annie being a 1982 film. Blade Runner's on this list, yeah. but yeah. you know we were talking about this. Blade Runner is one of those movies you have to be in the mood to watch. You don't just flip through the channels and find Blade Runner on and stay. And oh, I'm gonna watch. It's a this. very, very good slog. Yeah, you've got to want to watch yeah, it. I mean, if your day's going great and you're you have a lot of good <laughs> things going for you, you sit down. This is probably not the movie. You're gonna <laughs> yeah. be like, no, no. That's what I like the most about the sequel is that they really got that element of it right. <laughs> where just there's not a ton <laughs> happening. <laughs> That is true. Uh, let's see what else is on this list. The Secret of Nim holds a soft spot in my heart. That's okay. a Don Bluth animated classic. Tron's yes. on the list. Tron's one of those that you remember fondly, but doesn't necessarily <gasps> hold up as well, I think. I'm one of the few people, I think, that didn't complain about Legacy. I, I, I didn't have a problem with that. Yeah. Now, going back to The Secret of Nim, yeah. is like when I was in school, I would draw cartoon characters for people. They'd have me draw right. them on their notebooks, pants, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Shoes. And the secret in them, I drew many of the characters on people's pants oh, and yeah. really? stuff like that for them. I don't know why, but I could just about draw a couple of those characters. Without even thinking closed, about it. Without <laughs> yeah. even thinking about now, it. No, I never saw that film. What was the secret? Uh, the secret is that the rats were smart. The rats living in this field. They came from NIM, which is the National Institute for Mental Health, I think. Uh, these are rats that have been experimented on to be given intelligence. sentient. Yeah, and so these rats live in a farmer's field in his hedges. And they have, like, if you underneath the hedges, they have, like, this whole underground society. Where they communicate with each other. And, and, and there's, a, there's a field mouse who one of the rats was married to. Somehow, this field mouse and her children are sentient as well, and it's 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 a fun. It's it was a it was a book. It was a you know children's or maybe not children's, not, not young adult, probably middle grade, I guess yeah. you'd say, uh, book that was adapted. Don Bluth, who has a very distinct animation style, I and mean, it was it's a it's a fun little film. It was good for eighty two especially. Uh, also on this list, six pack Kenny Rogers with as the race car driver <laughs> yeah, with the six orphans or whatever that he's raising. It's it's one of those campy just goofy. Huh? This is one okay. So if if it's a Sunday afternoon and you're at home and there's nothing going on, you've had lunch, you just are going to sit down and relax, and you turn on the TV, and Blade Runner is on TBS yeah. and Six Pack is on TNT. 
You you watch six pack. You pick six pack. Yeah. The best little warehouse in Texas is on here, of course. Yeah. Uh, the world according to Garp. I don't think that's going to win many. No. Um, we laughed. Zaps on the list. Night shift is on the list, and again, you can make an argument for night shift. <laughs> that's a fun movie. Uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High are on is on here. Yeah, so awesome! I almost picked that as my pick, but Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. Jason gets a hockey mask. Yeah, is very on here. important. An officer and a gentleman is on here, and squeaking in under the deadline with because we looked at the time on these is the Beastmaster, which we did in whole. We actually last about it was over a year ago. We sat down, put on the Beastmaster, and just recorded our own commentary along with. We had fun with that. You have to go back to the archives and check that one out. Oh, that was a lot of that. fun. It's it's meant to be. I mean, we <laughs> gave you the timestamps and like, and we're turning it on now, and this is the screen you're on, and you should be watching. It's one of those to uh, listen along to turn the. TV TV down just a little bit and crank us up a little bit. Um, it's hard to pick from this list, but I am going to have to not necessarily my favorite, but in order to try to win a poll because you know, in order to get second place in a poll, because I think Jen's probably got the winner. Um, I'm going to take fast times at Ridgemont high Yeah, as my choice. That's fair. Like I said, that was going to be mine, but. Um, and uh, just because, again, not necessarily my favorite from the list, but it's one that I think. I'm picking my favorite every time yeah, just for yeah, fun. No, just see how I land. And, I, and I will as well at some point. But what, uh, what would be your favorite? Of this list, um, either. Yeah, it's, so, it's hard to pick from this list. Uh, I would say Poltergeist is up there. Yeah. Star Trek Two is up there. Um, the young version of me would probably pick Secret of Nim. Um, those are the ones, but and I say that, but you know, out of that list, the thing would be up there, but it's taken. Yeah, Best Little Whorehouse in Texas would be on that list, but it's taken. Night Shift would be on that list, but I don't. I think Fast Times at Ridgemont High is generally speaking, if you're looking at the most is an absolute most classic. loved yeah. from this film from this uh, summer. I think that's on the list. Great summer movie, great school movie. Great yeah. song. It's got so much. Yeah, the soundtrack. Wonderful I mean, every cast. every piece of this up up and down. It's you know. And looking at this list, we talked about this a little bit off as Mike as well. But this was like the summer that Hollywood decided to go in with sex. Yeah, they decided to sell out to sex. Uh, you've got Hanky Panky on the list. The Junk Man. <laughs> <laughs> you've got a Midsummer Night Sex Comedy on the list. You got the Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Night Shift. Um, you know, it, it's just kind of like this was the summer when Hollywood was like, you know what? I hear sex sells. Let's yeah. make some movies and and play that up. Uh, the yeah, the uh, what, where is it on here? The Last American Virgin is on here, which is not the sex comedy everybody thought it was going to be. It's actually kind of a downer, but um, but yeah, it, that was kind of eighty two. And we talked about this a little bit as well. Even Jen had mentioned this last week. I can't remember if it was on or after the show. Um, eighty two was like when you look at the list of every movie that came out in eighty two, you're like, wow, that's stacked. But looking at this, a lot of that didn't make the summer. It was all like either spring or fall there, yeah. there, there there are movies from 82 that are not on this list because we added the constraints of we're just looking at summer films so those constraints it, are important it is and jen's pick is et the extraterrestrial um, since she's not here we'll talk about it a little bit she was actually you guys recently had the 35 millimeter yeah. uh screening here you got a copy of the 35 millimeter version of the film and she was actually showing on her cell phone 
as they were running it to make sure that yeah. the film was you know was in good quality and everything. I guess she was pressed against the glass taking pictures with her cell phone because she was showing us like remember this scene, remember this scene. She uh, she was telling me the reason that she picked uh, E. T. was because she likes Reese's Pieces candy, and that was it. Yeah, she's like I love Reese's Pieces. Don't candy don't so let much. her tell you that's why she picked it yes. because. The person that just likes Reese's Pieces does not have their entire you know, smartphone roll of them standing at the door, not even in the theater, at the door, taking pictures on their phone. Yeah. Well, so Okay, I, I got a question. Yeah. Now, um, going back to what you were saying, the, yeah, there was these movies throughout the year, but this was the summer thing. Uh, I don't remember as a kid anything but the hype of the summer movies where like right. now we have, you know, what's coming out at the first of the year and what's coming out at the holidays and what's coming out. Yes. Right. At the summer, what's coming out around that Thanksgiving Christmas time, you know, but so there's like many times throughout the year, but was it like that when we were little? It was, it was always like that some, but you know, the idea of summer blockbusters was still fairly new at this point 1982 mm-hmm. you know because if you consider jaws your first summer blockbuster you know that's only you know was it 75 70 73 75 or 77 it was an odd numbered year yeah but so we're i mean that we're you know less than 10 years probably more like five years or seven years removed from this idea that summertime is when you can draw People to the theater in mass. Who would have thought when kids are out of school, more people more are people have to time go to go see a movie. see movies? I'll yeah. be darned. It's crazy. When you have more free time, you do extra things. Yeah. Now, is it like today where studios are saying this is the date we're opening our summer movie? No, because back then, you know, if you look at this list, when we do the last of these, which would be 1989, it may be front and back because more stuff got made. Yeah. Later on. You know, the 81 list looks about like this, but if you did a list of this summer's movies, I mean, I've looked at it every week of what's coming out. We'll rattle off the two or three that people should probably know about, but there are many more that are getting smaller, limited distribution that would, you know, so. Well, I just it kind of clicked in my head because I had found like a day or two ago uh, when we went through of our movies from last year yeah. of everything that we watched and ranked them and stuff like that. And I was noticing that like maybe two of them I saw during the summer. Right. And that was it. But the rest of them were all early in the year and late in the year. Yeah. So the summer wasn't even a factor for, you know, and then the summer blockbuster thing kicks in my head thinking about because that was the big hype, you know, when we were little. So oh, yeah. You, this is the only time you're going to get quality stuff is – these yeah. three, four movies during the summer, you know, so it seemed like it. I mean, there's probably more, but I was nine <laughs> yeah. in 82. Yeah, so. Think, thinking about, yeah, thinking back to this time, yeah, it was it was holiday and it was summer, and those were the two big times. Nowadays, it's still very much similar to that. Holiday has been extended to Thanksgiving instead of just Christmas, Yeah, and summer kind of starts mm, April, <laughs> you know, When's Easter? I know that's a moving target, but that's kind of like after Easter, it's fair game. Because like if you were to make this list for this year, Endgame wouldn't be on there. You know, there are other films. And Oscar season is kind of more now. You know, there's more of that push, you know, 
Um, so it's got its kind of its own season for that type of film that's an Oscar contender. Yeah. Um, we're Especially start- with modern film, I, I like the breakup of yeah. summer versus like later in the year films because they're so different. Absolutely. Uh, the target is way, way different. And I have favorites in both groups. So. Horror films used to be just, can you get a weekend or two around Halloween? Now, I mean, like... It, Early in the year. It is, is September. Part. And then yeah. Yeah, and then there's that counter-cultural February is a big month yeah, for Yeah, it is. So. Uh, those, it seems like uh, the last couple of few years, uh, January and February usually aren't huge, huge movie months. Right. But there have been these horror movies that drop early on in the year, and they are just regardless of quality, they tend to be successful. Both Get Out and Us, when we were talking about Jordan Peele earlier, were like February drops, I think. Yeah, I think Us might have been like very early March. Right. But still right in that window. Yeah. So yeah, it's they're, they're, it's become the kind of this, you know, this is the season for this, this is the season for that. And yeah. a lot of that's because you kind of, with as much as being made nowadays and everybody's squatting on dates 10 years in the future at this point, Yeah, Disney, Starting to you trick us into thinking that these times are when these movies are supposed to come out. Yeah. Uh, so that is what the poll looks like for this week. 1982, we want to know your favorite movie between The Thing, The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and E.T. Let us know. You can find the poll. It is up right now. You can find it on Twitter and Facebook. Just look for Backlot Pod, all one word, Backlot Pod. And vote in this week's poll. It's pinned right to the top of those pages. So if you go to Twitter or Facebook, you search in Backlot Pod, you go to those pages, the very first thing you see right there should be this week's current poll, 1982. The winners will be announced on next week's show. And then we're going to move the winners on. They are going to compete against each other. At the end of this summer, we will have your favorite film from the summer of the 1980s. Thunderdome style. Yes. Thunderdome may be on here. Is that a summer movie? The only true way to settle something. Mm, I hope so. I don't know if that's a summer movie. We'll find out shortly. Might get my pick. Next week. (laughs) Next week, we're going to take a look at 1983. Uh, We'll see if David can convert his 8% into 16% or if he will get It's going to grow exponentially. The week after that. 32%. 32%. Eventually, I will have over 100%. <laughs> Which will be impressive if you can pull that off. That'd be great. Give us your thoughts on anything we've talked about. What are you going to see this week? What did you think of it? Let us know your pick for your favorite summer movie of 1982. If we use your comments, we'll give you a shout-out in an upcoming episode. Again, you can find us on social media by searching for Backlot Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or you can call and leave your thoughts on the hotline at 417-986-7842. We would love to include your recorded comments in an upcoming episode. Your voice here, that's what you can hear if you call and leave us a recorded message. And be sure to follow the Alamo Draft House online. Again, on social media, all you got to remember, search for one thing, that is... At... Alamo Spring Mo. That'll get you there on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can download the Alamo Draft House at by searching for Alamo Draft House in your mobile devices app store or visit the Alamo Draft House online, drafthouse.com slash Springfield, or just show up. Come in, say hi. You don't even have to see a movie. There's plenty to do in the back lot all summer long. You can find Kenny and I on weekends on the Pop Goes the Culture podcast. Season two starts Labor Day weekend. You can follow the, us online there by searching for at PGTC that stands for pop goes the culture at PGTC podcast on social media and at pop goes the culture.com. That's it. It's going to wrap it up for this week. Finally, it's been a long one. <laughs> we yeah. got there, we but there's a lot of for, for a show that didn't have a whole lot of news. We had a whole lot to talk about, which <laughs> yes, is good. It works that way. Sometimes that's it. Then I have been Joey Mills with coming 
I'm David Mann with the Alamo Draft House. And Kudub, come see a movie this week at the Alamo Draft House. We'll talk to you later. Later. Goodbye. This show has been brought to you by the Pop Goes the Culture Podcast Network. Find links to all of our podcasts and more at popgoestheculture.com.